Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Hello, I'm Promise, and you're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're glad you could join us. Before you get into the Word, let's open up in prayer. Lord, just thank you for today. Just ask that you come inside of our midst and just provide us with your Word. And Lord, I also just thank you for just never leaving in. Just making where we're made to have your image. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Welcome, everybody. We're excited to have you with us and to get into the Word together. So this morning, we're going to continue, well, not continue. We're going to reread in Romans 15, verses 1 through 7. So who would like to uh, reread that section of Scripture? I will. All right, huh? And I'm going to take a page out of Dean's book here and read from the Passion Translation. Okay. <laughs> it says, Now, those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity. For not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, lived to please himself. His life fulfilled the scripture that says, All the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure all things. Now may God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then, with a unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Well, amen. Amen. So at this time, the floor is open to share whatever the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have, right? We're all learning and growing together. Mm-hmm. None of us have all the answers, but we know the one who does. Amen. So let's allow him to guide us and teach us through what he's speaking and ministering to each other. Amen. Amen. So who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right, I promise. Okay, first the Lord's talking to me about verse 2. Okay. Where it says, Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to the edification. Also, in verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it has been, the approach of those who approached you fell on, fell on me. So the Lord's talking to me about how... He's not literally saying that you should do anything that somebody tells you to do. Like, mm-hmm. for example, in Daniel 3, when Nebuchadnezzar wanted people to bow down to the golden image. Mm-hmm. 
but the Lord's the Lord showed me that it's when you're inside of an area with the you're inside of an area but someone else has authority. For example, let's say Dad's visiting somebody who's a vegan and he said the vegan friend sets a plate of vegetables on Dad's spot. Dad doesn't go drive to McDonald's to go get a hamburger. He eats what's set before him. Mm-hmm. And that's how it should be with us. We shouldn't look. We shouldn't be looking for an opportunity to create. What's the word? Okay. Offense. Thank you, Bobby. Sorry. Thank you, Charles. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And how, when you do that, you're respecting the rules of the house, but you're not just allowing a person to command you and sin against the Lord. Okay, so there's a there is a a line and a an appropriate application of the word here. Yes. Okay. God's not just saying just bow down and abandon your obligations to Him in lieu of pleasing or sacrificing for other people. He's saying. Let righteousness be the determining factor in how we carry ourselves and let the the love of God and the spirit of God, which never conflicts or contradicts God's written word or spoken, let that help us make our decisions and how we interact and engage with each other. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Did anybody, did you have more to say, my love? Oh yeah, also the part that in <clears throat> in verse 4 where Jesus oh sorry, when Paul was talking about that Christ didn't do the same thing. Christ didn't go. I'm not I'm not saying they ate pig. He didn't go get a pig and eat some bacon. <laughs> he ate what was set before him. Mm-hmm. And also Jesus wasn't looking for like with the Pharisees, he wasn't looking say is there a way that I can offend the Pharisees? He said, this is the truth, so this is what I'm going to say. And he said whatever it was that the Father said to him, right? As he was guided yes. by the Holy Spirit in everything he did and everything he said. Amen. Amen. Jesus fulfilled the law, right? Yes. And also in doing so, he fulfilled the greater law, which is the, the law of love and the commandment of love. Amen. Anybody else had something they wanted to say? You still going? You still got it? Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. We'll continue, sir. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Um, one second. I just had to find a scripture. Someone else can go. It's okay. We'll, we'll pause for you, sir. What's your scripture about? Oh, with the sinful woman? Which one? The one caught in adultery? No, not that one. Wait, he was invite- invited to the Pharisee's house. Oh. And, and she washed... Yes. Wash Jesus' feet with her tears, that one? Yes. Oh, okay.
Luke 7. Thank you, Dad. Uh -huh. Begins at verse 36. Thank you, Dad. You're welcome, sir. And it says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with, asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them away with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisees who invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if, we were if he were prophet, would know of what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And I just liked how Jesus didn't start showing the woman away and saying, Hey, get away from me. This Pharisee guy is saying that you're a sinner, mm -hmm. so you can't be with me. But he still received her the same. Mm -hmm. And then continuing on at 40, it says, And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii, the other 50. And when he had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who forgave him more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not deceived my, to kiss my feet since the time I came, came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this, this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Hmm. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sin? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amen. Okay. And, oh, Dad, you can go. No, no, explain, no. sir. Go ahead, baby. And how, Je how Jesus even... Even when he was forgiving the woman, he was using it to teach the Pharisee. Oh, mm -hmm. uh, I also have a question. Is he talking about Peter Simon? No. No. This is a Pharisee. Yes. It's a Pharisee, sir. Okay. What's the name of one of the Pharisees? Okay. That the one whose house he was eating at. Does that make sense? Yes. He's actually mm -hmm. talking to both in this section. Because he's talking to Peter about, he's asking him a question. I think, is it, it, was he talking to Peter then? Simon Peter, when he asked him the question about that, who was forgiven much? Um, well, I, I, I always, always thought he was referencing both. The, the, the guest, I mean, uh, the host, which was the Pharisee, and then also uh, Simon Peter, who was his disciple. But He could have been talking to both, but in verse 44 it says right. he turned to the woman and to Simon 
And he says, do you see this woman? I entered your house. So he didn't enter the woman's house. He entered the Pharisee's house. So the, the Pharisee must have been named Simon as well. So um, he could and have been... Not, t- a, not his disciple. Because <clears throat> it was the house of a Pharisee, right? One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went... All right, that's verse 36. He went to the Pharisee's house and sat mm-hmm. down to eat. So it wasn't Peter, like Simon Peter. Simon Barjona. Yes. It didn't say it was his house, right? So I don't know that he was addressing him, but this Pharisee. But. Um, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I. But, but clearly, yeah. I mean, I, I'm okay either way. I've just. Right. Cl- clearly, it wasn't Simon Peter's house, so they were in. So most yes. of the address was directed towards the Pharisee, Simon, whose mm-hmm. house they were in. Mm hmm. So what else are you going to say, sir? And I was also saying that when Jesus was addressing the Pharisees, Simon, he wasn't being harsh about it and saying, you didn't do this even though you should have. He was doing, he was still doing type of love. And you could see there that he wasn't trying to cause offense with the Pharisee, Simon. Mm-hmm. But was that, wasn't that the intention of the people there? What is to create offense? Because what did they do? Verse 39. When the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he spoke to himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know and what type, uh, who and what type of manner this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. So he was calling into question Jesus's office as a prophet. He was actually... And his knowledge, his wisdom, authority, everything. And I think this is a, a tie-in to what um, you were talking about yesterday. The Pharisee was judging. Absolutely. By his eyes and his ears. Yes. And he was con- coming to and drawing a conclusion about Jesus's character that was a wrong conclusion, clearly, but he was drawing a conclusion about his character and making an accusation against him in his mind that did um, call into question or try to discredit or diminish the authority and the place that God had because, unfortunately, he Simon's, in his thinking, he was at the top level, and he didn't know that there was anything higher and greater than what he already understood. But, of course, Jesus being the Messiah knows all things and Amen. he was talking about the more excellent way the higher way the god way the actual god way not the man's perspective of god way uh, of god's way and brought that out but as you said promise he still brought it out in a way that was compassionate that would mm-hmm. cause simon to reflect on himself and to see i thought i had it and what i thought i knew was leading me down a wrong pathway but the truth is what Jesus made known to them, right? And it caused him to reflect and go, oh, okay, I was wrong. But then he still missed it and went on judging and got caught up in Jesus forgiving her sins, which it is absolutely his right to do so. And Dean, did you have something you wanted to say? Well, I was just, um, you know, I don't, I don't miss opportunities to uh, speak for the ministry whenever I can okay. uh, because I, I, I challenge you guys to do it yourselves. And I appreciate your humility that uh, you don't call any attention to yourselves. But as we think about um, not offending and rightly handling and um, 
how we do things um, and gentle like Jesus was. Um, you know, when this ministry asked for support, um, we ask it first and foremost from a place of encouraging you to only do what the Holy Spirit has directed you to do. Um, so we never want to bring it from a place of where um, you feel like you're being judged if you don't do it or um, potentially something where I've been known to in the past go, oh, they're just in it for the money. They're just asking for money because they want some money, right? Here it comes. Here comes the pitch for money. And so that's never it here. So where um, there's so much in this section that uh, Promise talked about and tying it to where we are in Romans that was going on, I think, in Simon's mind. And Jesus spoke to what was going on in his mind mm -hmm. and the things that go on in our minds, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, this, um, this ministry is here to serve you, Amen. the listener and to bless you and to fulfill you and to enrich your relationship with uh, Jesus Christ, uh, God Almighty, and the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Trinity. And that's, um, that's really all it's here to do. Uh, we are encouraged every time we meet and share the word, and we encourage you to be encouraged by that. Mm -hmm. if, if this ministry is blessing you and the Holy Spirit is encouraging you to provide financial support, prayer support, Whatever it is, we just want to make sure you know how to do that. So mm -hmm. you can go to adayofprayer.org, go right to the website, and you can give through the website. There's plenty of places. You'll have no trouble finding it on the website to click mm -hmm. the links and give. Mm -hmm. um, and if you want to reach out to us so that you can communicate directly with us, it's adayofprayer@yahoo.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, please communicate with us. We'd love to have you join us here live to do the the bible study with us mm -hmm. and that is available to you we also do other worship times uh, throughout the month that we'd love to invite you to as well and just reach out and communicate with us we'll share all that information with you mm -hmm. amen. Amen. amen thank you dean thank you brother yeah mm -hmm. promise were you done or was there something else you were gonna comment on i was finished okay i want to i want to tie this back here real quick um in with what Dean said and in with how the Lord approached this and judged the situation as it were, right? And by judge, I mean it goes to our previous episode of bearing with one another's burdens, right? And and that was kind of what was brought up thus far in the discussion. How Simon the Pharisee thought he had it all. He thought he had it figured out. He knew and was judging as a result, right? But clearly he had judged incorrectly, especially about Jesus. So then how does Jesus handle it? He gives him, he presents an opportunity where he can weigh the matter and judge rightly. Right? And that, isn't that exactly what he says in verse 43? Simon presents his answer and the Lord says, yeah, okay. Now you've judged rightly. But then he turns to them both and he presents all the evidence and the things that were missed. Still weighed around the discussion and the opportunity that he'd given, but he's providing deeper insight, which also clears up the first thing that Simon, the Pharisee, had misjudged, misunderstood. That makes sense? And that's uh, when the Lord deals with something, 
He deals with it full, complete, it lacks nothing. Right? So now, there's no way that Simon could question Jesus and his office as a prophet. Right? And the insight that he received from the Father, through the Holy Spirit, of course. But then also, it gave him the opportun- another opportunity to understand, come, to, come back into alignment with what the, what Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit were saying and doing. He was bearing with all of their burdens, as it were, right? You see it with Simon, and you see it with this woman. Right? And in both of them, what was the point and purpose? Bring them back into alignment. Restore them. Reconcile them back to the Father. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. He didn't say it to condemn either one of them. Right? And just like us, when the Lord addresses something in our lives, He's not saying it to condemn us, but to expose. And, and He can acknowledge these things happen. So then we have an opportunity to bring it back under the blood of Christ to repent, to be forgiven of those things and to continue to move forward with God, with our Lord and Savior, walking together with him how he intended this from the beginning. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. What else? Um, I was going to kind of Along the same lines as um, Promise and you, dear. Looking back at uh, Romans chapter 15, I wanted to kind of highlight this in the capacity of parents mm-hmm. looking at their children um, and being in a parental role. Uh, chapter 15 of Romans, verse 1. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. And um, that, that ministered to me in a way of, as parents, clearly we are more mature than our children. We should be. <laughs> I would hope. Or those that have been entrusted to our care. And to look at them and their undeveloped state, you know, especially if you're the parent of a near adult or an adult child, and to look at them in their unmatured state when when we do so let us not um be weary in and dwelling with them in that parental role and helping them reach their maturity but to take our stance and put on christ and realize um that they still need that chance to mature into the things of god as well and they need us to help them cultivate it in um in their lives and they need that opportunity. I know as, as a, a believing parent, we, we go out of our way and we, we strive hard to teach our kids the things of God because that's what God commanded us to do. That's what he values and he prizes, but also it's good for your lives. It's good for our children's lives to know the principles of God and to, um, be surrounded with the thought and the the knowledge and the concept to seek God early while he may be found. That means early in the day, but it also means early in your lifetime. And But sometimes, because we are more mature, it's hard to deal with, um, like our patience level in dealing with people who are less mature than we are can be taxing 
and we can find it weighty. And even looking at um, what you were referencing, Promise, and, and Luke chapter 7, the Pharisee who had spent more time and knew the things of God and, you know, practiced them to the best of his ability. He wasn't perfect in it by any means. But he looked at the woman who needed the restoration and he judged her, uh, condemned her. That, that's what I mean of judgment. God judged her correctly. Jesus judged correctly. But he judged her actions. The, the Pharisee condemned her actions without understanding where she was coming from. So there's the part of us as parents that need to judge them. When we look at what our children are doing, look at their hearts, which is what Jesus did in this section. He looked at her motivations. Um, if she had been coming to him to try to seduce him or things, you know, something like that, and that was the reason for her touch, he would have responded differently. Um, and I'm sure he still would have tried to restore. He would have restored her. He would have given her opportunity. He wouldn't have pushed her away but he could see where she was coming from and what her motivations were, not just looking at her actions. Because, you know, it was probably improper for her to be touching him in that way. You know, like just as a woman touching a man, you're touching his feet and his, his body and things like that. It could have been easily just looked at superficially, which is how the Pharisee perceived it. But Jesus, because he is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart, was able to see she's hurting She's grateful. She's looking for an opportunity to repent. She needs my love and compassion instead of a harsh rebuke or something of that nature. The Pharisee saw the actions and, you know, he's questioning the Messiah and he's questioning everything else and accusing the woman and going all into these other places versus seeing that this is someone who's hurting, who needs a chance to come to God, who needs Someone to say, I love you. Someone to say, I'll accept you. Someone to say, I forgive you. And I'll let you go in the way of, I won't hold you to your sin anymore. I won't hold you to, to the um, remembrance of it. But I will give you a clean slate and I'll let you be new. Um, Jesus understood that because he was looking at more than just what it looked like on the surface. So for the, for us parents, I want to encourage you to look beyond what you see, you know, happening in your children or, um, the people that you've been placed over to preside over in a parental role. You may be a, a parental figure to them in, in ways, um, see beyond what they're showing you and look for what it is that God sees, look for what he wants to cultivate in them and make a pathway and an opportunity for them to come to that because, um, we all need that, but they need that from you. Um, okay. Going back to the Passion Translation. Dean, can you get that for me? Uh, Romans 15 and the Passion Translation. And will you read yeah, those? Yeah, give me one second. Okay, thank you. When you get it, will you read that section of scripture again for us? Now, those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves. Sorry, my screen just jumped. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. 
Our goal must be to empower others to do what is right and good for them and to bring them into spiritual maturity for no, you're fine. Go ahead. For not even the most powerful one of all, the anointed one, lived to please himself. His life fulfilled the scripture and says, In the insults of those who insulted you fall upon me. Whatever was written beforehand is meant to instruct us in how to live. The scriptures impart to us encouragement and inspiration so that we can live in hope and endure in all things. Now, <clears throat> May God, the source of great endurance and comfort, grace you with unity among yourselves, which flows from your relationship with Jesus, the anointed one. Then with unanimous rush of passion, you will with one voice glorify God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You will bring God glory in you when you accept and welcome one another as partners, just as the anointed one has fully accepted you and received you as his partner. Amen. Thank you, Dean. Thank uh-huh. you. The, the aspect of drawing one in to make them a partner versus dispelling and pushing away to leave them ostracized. Now, the person has to want to be a partner, obviously. But in the capacity of, of parents, I'm not saying um, placate to sin. I'm not saying bow down and cover it in the way of perpetuating the sin. But I am talking about your hearts and how you experience the, the chance that you have with your kids. There is going to be learning that has to be um, and messages that will have to be spoken again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Because at each moment when we take a hold and learn the truth, there's still an opportunity to grow. And you will have to say that message and have it be heard from a now more mature perspective. And that, that will take time and maybe even several times before mm-hmm. they reach the fullness and the, the maturity that they should be that they should arrive at, that should be that they should come to and be operating at. So, and and Luke the Pharisee had an opportunity to restore a sister, but instead focused on other things. He had an opportunity to um, grow himself. He had an opportunity to find grace and get his own forgiveness because in the parable that Jesus displayed, they were both forgiven of their sins. Or. Just to add to what you're saying, right? Phrase another way. It's the love of God that draws all men to repentance. It's his goodness. Yes. Amen. Yes, the goodness indeed. or love of God that draws Amen. all men to repentance. Amen. So just wanted to add that, that scripture to it because Amen. it matters. Right? It, it's not about well, how much I know and, and or what the Pharisee was doing, right? Was browbeating someone with the word, with scripture, oh and their their life and, and condemning them by bringing up all their past faults and all those things. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was just showing them himself, his mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. Amen. And how was it that he knew so well that she was a sinner just by recognizing her? There, there's other questions that arise in my mind. How do you know her <laughs> so well? Um, that may lend itself to what his own need of forgiveness was. But um, just for the Pharisee, for the Pharisee and, exactly. and the people there, not, exactly. not Christ, obviously, not the Lord, clearly. Um, so I just wanted to encourage, encourage us as we are bearing with those who are weaker and starting within our household or the territory that God has in the sphere that God has given us authority to reign as we bear with them. Let us be patient with them and giving them all the same grace that we need afforded to us, showing that towards them. That's all I had to say. Amen. 
That's a, that was wonderful, honey. Um, so we're not going to have to. We're going to pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, we just thank you for everything, Lord. We just thank you for who you are, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you furthermore for sending your son down to us, Lord, so that way we can have repentance and forgiveness of sin, Lord. Lord, we also just furthermore thank you for your Holy Spirit who reveals wisdom and knowledge to us, Lord, so that way we can rightly apply it to your word, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.